Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Back to basic sermon series. Um, and just as a reminder, you know, we're focusing on basic or foundational practices that the early church in Jerusalem devoted themselves to. You know, in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, we're able to see the impact that God had in the church as well as through the church as the early church devoted themselves to these practices. And as I shared last time in the month of June, my prayer rooftop is that like the early church, we would also be impacted by God. And in turn, that we would allow God to impact others through us as we devote ourselves again to these basic or foundational practices of the church. Rooftop, how awesome would it be to see and experience countless lives being saved, being transformed, and being added into the family of God. Amen, church? We read in the book of Acts where like thousands were being added, that daily more souls were being saved, lives were being delivered. And I just thought about that. I was like, God, how awesome would it be that rooftop partners up with God in doing the kingdom work and seeing lives being saved, transformed, and being added into the family of God. And just as a brief recap, in June, we talked about the importance of devoting ourselves to the Word of God. And then in July, we talked about the importance and how essential it is for us to be devoted to fellowship. And I share with you that fellowship practically boiled down to loving one another. It was so awesome because right after that message, many of us actually just went to, um, where do we go? Urban Plates and had a time of fellowship, and it was just really cool to see, like, everyone gathered together um, just to eat together and to spend time together. Like I said earlier, today we'll be focusing on the third practice, and the third practice found in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, is prayer. We read in Acts 2, 42, it says, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. When I count to three, can every one of you say they prayed, all right? One, two, three. They prayed, all right? Can you now turn to your neighbor and tell them, yo, they prayed, okay? (laughs) Did you all have a neighbor? I I thought I saw someone just kind of look this way, yo, they prayed, and there was nobody there, right? Kind of felt bad, (laughs) All right, uh, but get used to it today and talk it to your neighbor because later on we're going to be talking to them again, all right? Um, again, I, I, I shared this last time, but notice that verse 42 starts with the word what they, right? Again, it wasn't an individual effort. It was a collective effort of the church in devoting themselves to prayer. And I think it's safe to assume, church, that as they devoted themselves to gather corporately to pray, that they spent a good amount of time praying for one another. Although our kind of sermon series is based on Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, today I would actually like us to focus on a moment that Jesus prayed. More specifically, the night that Jesus prayed when he was facing one of his lowest 
or even one of his most distressed moments of his life here on earth. I believe there's a lot for us to glean from Jesus in his moment of distress and grief. And this account is the account of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's found in Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 46. Can you f- just follow along with me as I read to you Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 46. This is what the Word of God states. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men cannot keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. He left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. You know, because I would like for us today to apply and to practice prayer, I'll be keeping this message portion a bit more brief and straight to the point today. You know, Pastor Daniel offered his AP Taff, um, I can cut my worship portion shorter. And I said, no, don't do that because I think our congregation would appreciate if I kept my portion shorter, right? Do you agree? Amen? Someone say amen. Oh my gosh. All right, here we go. Um, my wife even, you know, I, w- I went to her, and in my preparation, I was talking with her, you know, and she knows how anxious I get. Preaching, for me, it doesn't come easy, right? It's, it's, it's really, ch- I get anxious. I get like, oh, super tense. I'm like, God, I don't want to mess up your word, and so many things, I want to do it well, and all this stuff, and, and my wife tells me, say, Tav, just keep it real, and I was like, dude, she's encouraging me, right? She's like, just keep it real. Just be myself. It's okay. And she finishes off by saying, just keep it real short, right? So that's what I'm going to try to do today, right? So with that said, I'd like to share with you, church, just three observations found in the account of Jesus praying in Gethsemane. I believe, again, there's a lot that we can glean and learn from Jesus' example when he spent time praying, especially in his, one of his lowest and most distressful moments of his life. The first observation is this. Jesus was vulnerable, and he invited his friends to pray with him. Again, Jesus was vulnerable with his friends, and he invited them to pray with him. Verses 37, 38, it says, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, then he said to his friends, his disciples there, he says, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me, or remain here and pray with me. 
You see, in this moment when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he's about to be betrayed. He's about to be arrested. He's about to be flogged. He's about to be crucified. But even worse, he's about to experience the wrath of God for becoming sin for the world. You see, the Father would turn his face away from Jesus. The fellowship would be broken, and there will be a separation that takes place between Jesus and the Father for a moment. And knowing what's coming, Jesus shares with his friends. He shares with his disciples saying, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. What that means is that he's so distressed, he's so in a a moment or, or a place of grief that he feels like he's going to die. Another account in the gospel says that he's sweating so much that it's like drips of blood that's just dropping from him. Church, have you ever been in a situation or faced a circumstance when you were so distressed? Have you ever been in a place or a moment in time where you felt so depressed, you felt so down that you felt like you were going to die? Maybe you experienced shortness of breath. Maybe you felt like there was a panic attack kicking in. Maybe it almost felt like a heart attack. Maybe life was so overbearing and so overwhelming that you felt like life was literally crushing you. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt that way before? If you have, in some way, you can relate to Jesus' experience here in Gethsemane. You see, the location that Jesus is in right now praying in in the Garden of Gethsemane is fitting to his situation. The reason why I say that is Gethsemane in the Hebrew actually means oil press. In the Garden of Gethsemane, there's a grove of olive trees. And there was a press there where they would take the olives and they would press them. They will break them, and they will literally crush them to extract oil from these olives. And in this moment, Jesus is feeling crushed. And soon, Jesus' body will soon be broken. His body will literally be crushed, ripped to pieces, and his blood will be spilled for the forgiveness of sins of the world. And feeling in such a way, what does Jesus do? What does he do? Again, he's vulnerable. He shares with his friends. He lets them know how he's feeling. He's saying, I'm deeply grieved. I'm in distress. I feel like I'm going to die. Then he invites them to pray with him. Again, church, are you feeling crushed? Are you down? Are you feeling hopeless? Are you feeling like life is so overwhelming and overbearing for you? Are you facing an impossible circumstance or situation? I want to encourage you to follow and to take the example of Jesus, of becoming vulnerable and sharing with your fellow brothers and sisters and to invite them to pray with you. For those of you that are part of the Refresh Conference, you know, we learned from Pastor Jeff that in order for us to truly become an intimate community, there needs to be vulnerability with one another. You know, the Word of God states in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ or thereby fulfill the law of Christ. You know, church, one practical 
One powerful way that you and I can bear each other's burdens is through this means of prayer. It's by praying for one another. You know, church, you know what I think is even more difficult than being vulnerable and sharing and even inviting others to pray with us? What I find most difficult sometimes is actually putting on a facade, pretending like everything's okay when it's really not, right? Not inviting others to come in because we want to show people that life is okay, I'm okay, I'm good. But literally inside, internally, we know we're not doing so well. But yet, because we don't want to show that, we put on a facade and we know inside, like, man, I'm not really being real. You know, we can put on a facade for a moment, but when we're only relying on ourselves, there's going to come a breaking point. There's going to come a point where literally you and I, we will break. You know, during the Refresh Conference, um, Pastor Chris came up and you know, I was kind of doing stuff, and then she caught me by surprise, and she says, I have a word for you. And she was just sharing just encouragement, encouragement, encouragement to me. And at that moment, I just shared with her, I said, Pastor Chris, I think I'm in the worst situation in my life. Like, it's just been really difficult for me, right? If I'm going to be open and honest with you, church, right, last May, as those of you may know, I took on a full-time job right, apart from church, to help out my dad operate his business, just long hours, just really difficult and tough. At that same moment, I took on the interim position, peace God, going to sabbatical. On top of that, I had a newborn baby, right? I thought I can handle it, to be honest. I was like, Pastor God, don't worry about it. I got this. You know, we have a great board members. We have great leadership. We have Pastor Daniel just got hired. Like, we're good. But for the past three months, I've been struggling hard. It's been difficult for me. And I share with Pastor Chris, I Pastor Chris, spiritually, I don't think I'm at the best place, to be honest with you. It's been a challenge for me. But you know what? Me, like, sharing that with her, it, like, released, like, I don't want to put on a facade. Yeah, I'm the interim pastor, the lead pastor. Like, hey, man, P-Tab, you better be on point, dude. You better be strong. But I'm here and letting you know, like, yo, pray for me. Like, it's been hard. It's been difficult. But for me to be able to share that with somebody, like, it just lifted up like a, like a burden off of me. And it was just being vulnerable with someone and sharing with them. You know, when I look back in my life, the most encouraging and powerful moments that I've experienced is when people were actually praying and interceding for me. And without going into full details, in high school, I thought I was going to lose my brother. I thought I was never going to see him again. Prayers were lifted up on my family like crazy. And then in grad school, I saw my family like almost ripping apart. This perfect family that I thought I was growing up in, that I had, I was literally seeing it falling apart to the point, and I've shared with you guys already, you know, to the point where I had to tell my seminary and my professors, I emailed them, I can't come to school, I feel paralyzed. I can't do anything. My professors, thank God it's a seminary, they're showing me grace, right? I'm like, hey, Tab, don't worry about it, we'll be praying for you. The moment and the season when it felt hopeless, impossible to conceive a child, those are moments when all of you prayed for me and my wife, Deb. Those are the moments when I felt 
just so much encouragement, so much power of God. And I know I've shared with you already this, but one day I was driving, and not going too much into because I've shared with you already, driving one day on the 605 freeway, 605 North, I've literally felt hands on me, right? I've literally felt hands on me, and there was nobody in the car except me. And God spoke to me so clearly. He was saying, Tav, these are all the people that are praying for you when you feel like you don't have the strength to pray. This is the power of intercession. This is the power of prayer. Church Jesus, we're talking about Jesus, right? Jesus became vulnerable. Jesus shared with his friends. Jesus invited his friends to join him and to pray with him, especially in the moment of his lowest and most distressful time when he was here on earth. So first observation again, be vulnerable. Share with your friends. Invite them to pray with you. Second observation found in Matthew 26, 36 to 46 is this, is that Jesus was appealing to the one who had ability and authority. Jesus was appealing to the one who had ability and authority. Verse 39, it says this, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Hebrews 5, 7, talking about this very account, it says, In the days of his flesh, in the days when Jesus was here in the flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. It's not talking about physical death. Jesus wasn't afraid of physical death. What he wasn't looking forward to was spiritual death, being separated from the Father even for a moment. It says that he was praying to the one who was able to save him from death. When Jesus was praying to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, he knew who he was praying to. He was praying to the one who had the ability and the authority to change circumstances and situations. We just read in Hebrews 5 again what he prayed to the one who was able to save him from death. You see, church, when you and I pray to the Father, when you and I pray to God, or when we pray on behalf of someone, know that we are appealing to the one who has ability and authority to either change our circumstances, to change our situations, or to help us out when we're facing difficult and challenging situations and circumstances in life. You see, our God is a God of miracles. Amen, church. Our God is a God of impossibilities. Our God is a God who, who has the ability and he has the authority to deliver, to heal, to save, to transform, to provide. He's the God who is able to perform the impossible. So know that when we're praying to God, when we're interceding on behalf of someone, once again, know that we're appealing to the God of miracles and impossibilities. He's a God of ability and authority. Amen, church. You see, our Heavenly Father wants us to pray to Him. He wants us to appeal to Him. He wants us to, you know, bring our cares to Him. Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast our anxiety on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to go to him with your troubles. He also wants you to go, go to him with others' troubles. 
You know, when someone says, hey, I'm praying for you, that's not a cheap thing, right? But if you're ever saying, I'm praying for you, you better do it, right? Don't just tell them I'm praying for you. I know that, you know, when we say pray for them, sometimes what I try, sometimes what I try to do is say, hey, Pete Half, can you pray for me? I might at the moment say, can I pray for you now? Because I, I don't say the other part, but I'm thinking I might not pray for you because I might forget, right? So it's like, let me pray for you now. But prayer or intercession is one of the best things that anyone can do for you. It's one of the most powerful things that anyone can do for you is to pray and intercede for you. Why? Because when they pray and intercede, they're not relying on their own ability. They're not relying on their own wisdom. They're not relying on their own strength, but they're appealing to the one who has all the ability, who has all the authority, who has all the wisdom, who's able to do much more than you and I can ever imagine. Amen, church. Powerful intercession is not powerful. Prayer and intercession is powerful powerful. Amen, church. Again, just make sure if you're telling somebody you're praying for them, pray for them. Amen, church. Pray for them. The worst thing you can do is I'm praying for you and not pray for them. You know what I mean? Don't pray for them. This brings me to the third and final observation today. The third observation in this passage, in this account of Jesus in Gethsemane is this, is that Jesus requested and then he submitted. He requested and then he submitted. Verse 39, he says, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But he finishes it, off, finishes it off by saying, Yet not as I will, but as you will. Verse 42, he says, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Can I be honest with you, church? Yes, God is the God of impossibilities, God is a God of miracles, God is a God of ability and authority. But God may not always respond in the way that we would want Him to. God may not always respond in the way we would like Him to. You see, we see Jesus here in the Garden of Gethsemane. He requested to the Father, if this, if this cup, the wrath of God, is a representation of the wrath of God, if this cup can pass from me, please let it pass from me. He requested it to the Father. But we find what? The father didn't respond in that way. He didn't take the cup from him. Jesus experienced the wrath of God. But what we do find in this, maybe not in this passage in Matthew, but in Luke's account, we find the father not taking the cup away from him, but we find the father strengthening Jesus. In Luke twenty-two forty-three, 43, it says, Now an angel from heaven appeared to him. And it says, what? Strengthening God didn't remove the cup. Jesus had to drink it. He had to face the wrath of God. But as I was facing it, it says that the Father sent an angel from heaven and strengthened him. You see, when you and I, church, face challenging, impossible situations, circumstances in our life, God has the ability, He has the authority to change our circumstances. But God also has the ability to change us through those circumstances. God also has the ability to strengthen us to endure through those circumstances. But God also has the ability to give us the grace to overcome those circumstances and accomplish His will. You see, church, there's nothing wrong for us to request our needs and even our desires to God. But it's essential when we bring our request to God, 
to submit to him no matter the outcome. Trusting in the goodness of our God. Trusting in the sovereignty of our God. Knowing that as his word says that God causes all things to work for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his good purpose. Church, I want to bring attention to you just just one thing here before I close. When you read verse 46, it's not on the board, but I'll read it for you. Jesus responds. He says, get up, let us be going. He says, get up, let us be going. After he spends time praying with the Father, he's letting the Father know how he's feeling, what he's going through. He's lifted up these requests. He, he realizes and he knows that, man, I have to experience the wrath of God. He says in verse 46, he says, get up, let us be going. There's a difference of Jesus' response and in the disciples' response. Jesus is ready to go and face the cross with the disciples. At the end of the night, they're fleeing away and they're hiding. If you read in this passage, I know I didn't touch on it because I wanted to focus on those three observations. Jesus tells the disciples, hey, pray. Keep watching with me so that you don't fall into temptation. Jesus, after having spent time with the Father, is able to say, get up, let us be going. Let's go. I'm ready to face the cross. I'm ready to face what it is that God wants me to go through, what the Father wants me to face. The disciples, on the other hand, because they've fallen asleep, not because they were lazy, but it says that they were actually sorrowful. They were so tired and weary that they fell asleep. But their response is what? At the end of the night, that they flee and then they hide. One thing that prayer also offers to us, church, and like I shared briefly, is empowers us. It enables us to go through whatever circumstances and situations and impossibilities you and I can face in this life. Just as a recap of what we talked about today, again, first, in order for us to be an intimate community like the early church, we need to learn how to be vulnerable and to share with others, to invite, with our, to invite our brothers and sisters to pray with us. Be vulnerable with your friends, your family members here, and invite them to pray with you. Number two, when we pray and when we intercede, know that you're appealing to the one who has ability and authority. Amen, church? And lastly, as we present our requests to God, be ready to submit no matter what God may be asking us to do or even what he may be asking us to go through. Amen, church? All right.